0: How might we expand our business into another state or another city or another country?
1: When you get to the scaling part of a business, oftentimes bringing in new things and doing that same activity that you've done before, new basically, rather than more, hampers people.
0: How do you go about developing your people leaders, like helping them transition from being a great tradesperson into a good leader? Hey, just quickly before we get started, we have a website called
1: constructionsecrets.io. It's our website where we've got free training, free videos, free everything that you need to become a contractually savvy construction company. So basically sign better contracts with lower risk, that you've got more of a chance of making more profits on your projects and ultimately stay in business over the long term. So go to constructionsecrets.io, consume all of that stuff and be a better construction company. And now let's get on the show. Hey, construction legends. So today is part one of my interview with Ryan Castle. He is a CEO of the breakthrough.co and I have invited him on the podcast as part of our free consulting series where whenever I'm looking for help in an area, I find the best people and ask them the questions I need answered and hope that you benefit from it too. So Ryan is a New Zealander based in Colorado and is an expert in leadership and scaling construction businesses. And he's been in the breakthrough since 2013 and is now CEO. This episode, we talk about how to increase the productivity in your construction business without burning out your star performers, the common mistakes construction companies make when scaling, and why sending your leadership on a one-day training course for leadership is next to useless. Enjoy. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Ken, I'm great.
0: Thanks so much for having me on the show.
1: We were just chatting about Andrew Huberman. So for those people that don't know Andrew Huberman, he's like a health guru online and there's a bit of funny memes going around about Huberman husbands, which are basically people who are obsessed with Andrew Huberman who are trying to change their wives into doing all of his health kick things, ice baths. And I was just talking about improving performance on stuff. And so people take a lot of caffeine and the benefits of nicotine. Now, obviously not smoking or vaping, ingesting nicotine in a different way that's safe and healthy. And the purpose is for performance. And I thought that was a good segue into bringing you into the conversation, Ryan. And so the topic generally, in construction is very big in my opinion so we deal with a lot of construction companies a lot of subcontractors a lot of trades and what we often see is that you got one guy who started out as a s- scaffolder something and did a great job I always say that in the construction industry is the only industry that a lot of the C-suite executives or the the people at the top of the food chain have actually gotten their hands dirty right a lot of times in, in big businesses you get these you know c suite brought in Never actually been on a construction site. And so in our industry, that's not often the case, which is great. I love that. But a lot of these guys or a lot of these companies have grown over time. And over that period of time of growth, they get unstuck at a level. And it always seems to be at this particular level where they have to transition from them doing the thing to getting other people to do the thing. And then we got another level, which is then hiring people that are good enough caliber to then train everybody else. And it's that kind of level of the business growth where a lot of the companies we see get unstuck and they stay small because of this. And that's why we brought you on today, Ryan, you're an expert in performance. And so just to get started, could you just give us your background a little bit for the listeners and viewers?
0: Sure, can absolutely Ken. And a really useful intro because we are about performance and how you achieve performance in your organization through people. And there is a lot of challenge in the construction industry, and particularly some of those levels that you talked about. And there's that saying that says, what got you here won't get you there. And if you think about often the different stages that a business owner goes through where they may have started off on the, on the tools, they've kind of grown up, they add a few more people to the organization. They kind of get, get going. They themselves haven't had. Right. Particularly training in leadership and development, how to manage people. They've often had a lot of real technical training. I think we often see people, you know, they might have four or five thousand hours in their apprenticeship learning how to do the technical aspects of their of their role. And then they'll end up in a management role and have had maybe no training at all or very little. So that whole area has been an area of fascination for me and, and is now my core business. But I've been around construction my entire life. My dad was a construction company owner. So I used to spend my school holidays on the construction site. I'm Not sure that I was of a lot of value. I think the first time I went to site, I managed to stand on a rusty nail, and my dad had to down tools, take me to the doctor to get a tetanus shot. Okay. And uh, I could, I could like... see the yeah, I could see the fury in my dad going. You know, it, this was supposed to be like a nice experience for you to come to work with me, but I've ended up having to not achieve anything in my day and take you to the doctor. So it wasn't wasn't a great start. But I have uh, subsequently spent a lot of time on construction around with my dad and then through my role in business coaching and people development, have worked with a lot of construction companies and also work uh, with some industry bodies around uh, developing and training as well.
1: Okay, so from what I've experienced, and I think while it is, we're talking construction industry specific, a lot of times it's entrepreneur specific as well. And one of the things that I've observed about myself is that, and from a behavioral point of view, at some stage, right, I was rewarded for doing something different, right? I stopped my job and I started a business. That's doing something entirely different. And then what ended up happening was, you know, we made changes and brought in new things into the business and they all worked. And then I, again, got reinforced that that was a good behavior to have. But then when you get to the scaling part of a business, oftentimes bringing in new things and doing that same activity that you done before new basically rather than more hampers people tell us your your opinion on that yeah i think again
0: it comes back to the skills and knowledge you have at the time and if we take a extreme example of someone was a you know a carpenter on on site they've developed immense skills around how to actually build something and it's very very uh, capable skill to have as you grow and scale your your business as an owner you probably often I've seen it people get to a couple of different crews maybe three they've got kind of 10 15 people in the in the organization they can sort of keep an eye on most most things they can jump around some different sites and still keep and keep a view of what's going on once you start scaling beyond that you actually have to move away from being a doer into being a leader so you need a whole different a whole different skill set and the, again the challenge that we referenced earlier is that a lot of people in not only construction and, and all sorts of areas they are trying to develop and grow their organizations where the skill set has to change from doing to doing through others. Mm-hmm. And you just need a whole different skill set to do that with. So I think that's a real uh, barrier for people. And then the other transition we see for business owners is really the ability to go from working in their business to working on their business. And that's a, that's a real step change for people as well, because it's a whole different way of thinking and a different way of operating as well. Yeah,
1: fantastic. This, that reminds me of a, a probably one of the first books I read on entrepreneur ship is that the right word is the e-myth mm-hmm. and in, it's great I'll book for ready. anyone who hasn't read it it'll get you started thinking in the way that you're talking about Ryan so you obviously have the doers you have the managers and then you have the owners I, I can't remember their categories but it's the working on the business that propels the business forward and I struggle with that because it's a different kind of doing you can be very active but not productive right so you can keep yourself busy by getting back on the tools but that doesn't propel the business forward it actually retracts the a So you actually might feel like you're working hard, but you're not actually making progress. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see construction company leaders make? Good question. So we'll get back to the pod in two seconds. And so if you're getting some value from this or you're enjoying it and you think there's other people in the construction industry that would also, please just use your thumb, share it with them on WhatsApp or whatever uh, way that you share these types of things, Facebook, whatever it happens to be. Um, it makes a huge difference to the podcast,
0: it allows us to grow and impact more people. And we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks. And maybe if we start with that uh, element you were just referring to, it is being stuck in the business. And I really like a little definition for people to think about is how do I figure out whether I'm working in my business or on my business? And my view is that in your business activity, tends to be something that was generated in the past. So it's an activity that has resulted from something that's already happened, and now you've got to follow through or do something more about it. When you think about working on your business, it's really good to think about what activity do I need to do now that's going to help me build the future business? So you tend to think in McKinsey have a good model around the three horizons where you're going, what do we want to achieve in our business in the next Twelve to eighteen months. What does that look like? So it tends to be focused around doing more of what we do now and doing it more effectively and efficiently. Yeah. Okay. Horizon, you know, Horizon two. You would start thinking about things like, whereas, how can we evolve what we do? So, you know, a classic example would be: I currently work in this one state or this one city. How might we expand our business into another state or another city or another country? You know, that would be classic Horizon two kind of kind of thinking to consider and it's going to take you some longer to execute right you're going to have to get some other things in place you're going to have to build strategies and you're probably going to need to build a war chest of cash to be able to go and do those kind of things Mm. and then horizon three is we would say hey spend maybe five percent of your on time thinking about this but your horizon three thinking is going where is construction going you know if your business is purely construction what's evolving in technology and probably a really relevant example of that would be if I'd been a taxi company owner, you know, 20 years ago, or maybe even 10 years ago, it's probably only that long. I might've been thinking about, you know, how is technology going to affect this? What's the biggest grumble that, you know, taxi consumers had was like, oh, I ring up and there's never anyone answering the phone or I make the booking and the taxi doesn't turn up. Or it's just like really classic problems that we now are gone with the likes of Uber and Lyft. So as a construction company owner, you might be thinking further out going, what is modular construction going to mean? for me, what is green building going to mean for me? What is AI? What impact is that going to have on me? So you don't want to spend all of your time in that zone because it can, you know, be overwhelming and not very productive, but just thinking that far out. So that really on the business activity, you know, think about your future, future build in the business. Got it. And, you know, I think a real challenge for business owners is when they do that kind of work. I've heard people refer to it as it doesn't feel like real work. It doesn't feel like I'm getting stuff done. You know, of course, it's thinking time. It's really considering things that might impact you going forward. So it feels different. You don't get to the end of the day and go tick, 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 tick. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. It's a different, a different kite. So that that's a habit that people need to build into.
1: For sure. Definitely something I've struggled with. The label is like visionary of a company. And that, that sounds contrived a little bit, you know, but it does matter is that you need to be the person with the bigger vision as in where we're going. And so if you're not spending the time thinking about that, and again, I I like to give book recommendations, a really good book by a guy called Keith Cunningham. And so Keith Cunningham, everyone I think has read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad at some stage or knows about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but Keith Cunningham was the rich dad in the story. He's got a book called The Road Less Stupid. And he talks about a practice which is, is thinking time, which is, okay, I need to spend, this is my job to sit here and think, where are we going? What are we doing? Because if, if I, don't know, and everyone's looking to me, and I'm not concrete about the plans. Then it just creates this shakiness within the business, as to we don't know where we're going. So I do completely understand that from my own business development. As in, I feel like that that kind of sitting in a chair thinking it sounds stupid and it sounds not productive, but it is really, really important.
0: Spot on. I think some of the other mistakes that construction owners and leaders make is promoting the best tradesperson to now lead the tradespeople. Yeah. So, you know, the yeah. yeah. sporting yeah. analogy around this, you know, the classic is going—you like trying to make your best player the coach. Actually, the skills that you need to be the very best player very, really, directly translate into being the very best coach. Totally so, different, so, different so, so skills. This,
1: again, this is another. I love what you're saying because this is—we did this with sales, and I made a mistake in the past with promoting our best sales guy uh, to sales manager. Right? And I think anyone will tell you, don't make that mistake, right? And I was like, ah, oh, and I will tell people that that is a mistake too. But what do you do instead? Right? Because if he's your best tradesperson, you hire someone on top of him, he's gonna feel disgruntled. I should have had that job. Or so that's one way. The other way is you do promote him, and then again, he what you said at the start, he's he's a great tradesperson but has no skills in managing people. So how do you balance that?
0: Yeah. I think these two tracks you can take there. The first one is acknowledging that some people will always be expert in their field and that is what they want to do. They want to be the very best carpenter in the world and they're happy to dedicate 30, 40, 50 years of their life to just being the very, very best carpenter they they want to be. And organizations need to make sure there is a path for those people to pursue that and deliver that because if you force everyone into a leadership role, not everyone will take to it. You'll lose productivity because... Because they're not, you don't have your best person on the tools anymore. Plus, they're doing an appalling job of, of leading. Now, I think that's a small percentage of the population. I think with the other group, it's the same approach we take with when we bring someone new to our organization, we want to put them on the tools. We take them through a training program, we give them experiences and skills, we give them coaching, we help them learn by being mentored by others. It's the same approach, but now we're doing it with a this is how you lead and manage people. So we want to take them through a series of training. We want to incorporate coaching into it. We want mentoring in there. We want them to learn and experience from peers as well. And look, Ken, I've probably spoken to, I don't know, several hundred construction companies. And when I've said to them, how do you go about developing your people leaders, like helping them transition from being a great tradesperson into a good leader? What do you think the most common response is? I don't. We don't. don't I don't. We haven't. We haven't. Kind of the next most common is, Oh, you know we send our people off to a one-day course on how to lead people I'm like mm-hmm, how's that working out for you you know and it's that usual thing we've all done this right we've all been to a workshop been sent on a training day or a morning and someone stands at the front of the room and tells us what great looks like and then we leave and we go back to site or the office whatever our work super, environment super is. super motivated for that one day and then it wears off the next day <laughs> correct and there's you know all these uh fancy models about like the ebbinghaus forgetting curve which is just a bit of research that someone did around how much do we actually retain if we don't practice what we're learning and the the suggestion from their research is that we forget 80 percent of what we've learned and observed in that kind of setting within two weeks so in the most common
1: sure sure